What's the name of your podcast? Psychosis. Like, psychosis, because we're sisters. Welcome back to Psychosis. This is Mary. And I'm Kimberly. And happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. I can't believe it is Valentine's Day. It feels like it was just Christmas. It totally feels like it was just Christmas, like yesterday. Are you doing anything fun for Valentine's Day? Um, probably not. <laughs> no, same. I think we're just going to like do dinner, keep it low key, nothing too crazy. I mean, I'll probably help with... All of the kids, Valentine's making crafts and activities for their class. But me personally, am I doing anything? Probably not. I feel like Valentine's was the most fun in elementary school when you had the, like, I was going to say Christmas parties, but like the the Halloween (laughs) (laughs) party when you had the, so many holidays. So many holidays. But yeah, when you would get the little Valentine's or like when you were in high school and they would do the, what were they like? The Rose Grams or the Candy Grams. And that was so fun. I totally forgot about that. And that just reminded me of the Rose Graham scene in Mean Girls. (laughs) <laughs> and none for you. None for you. But that's so exciting. Are you going to get some fun Valentine's Day cards made on Etsy or are you just picking them up at the store? Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to go ahead and buy them in bulk on Amazon. I love that. I've seen some really cute, like the, the reason I ask is I've seen some really cute, like obviously not appropriate Shits Creek ones on Etsy. Yeah, I don't think the elementary <laughs> school would appreciate they probably wouldn't. Cards for the bebes from Schitt's Creek. Ew, David. I don't think so. Ew, David. How fun. Well, happy Valentine's Day, everybody listening. What case are you bringing us today? I am doing the case of Erica Alonzo, and this case actually takes place on Valentine's Day or Valentine's evening. Well, that's heartbreaking, but I feel like I might have heard this case once before, but I'm not familiar with it. So I'm excited for you to tell us the case. All right. So I just want to preface that this is actually a mysterious death case. It's not, it has not been proven that she was murdered or that she took her own life. Um, But as the events unfold, you can do with that what you will and come to your own conclusion. In my mind, it sounds a little sus, but it is under mysterious death. So, well, that'll be anyway. We go. I don't think we've done one of these yet. We have not. Um, and this one kind of drives me nuts because I feel like all of the answers are in front of us. And Kim, you're going to into forensics. So this is also near you. This is driving me crazy. (laughs) It's in Orange County. So if you don't mind taking a crack at this in a few months when you're all finished with school. I'll go, I'll go try to solve it. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Like I said, this is a case of Erica Alonso. Um, Patty and Erica, Patty is Erica's sister. They had planned to celebrate Valentine's Day together at home just having a girl's night, watching some cheesy rom-coms, and hanging out. 
However, at the last minute, Erica changed her mind and bailed on her sister to hang with her ex-boyfriend, Larry. Oh, no. This is already really off to a bad start. Patty actually saw on Snapchat that Erica and Larry were out at a club together. So I guess that was sort of the telltale sign that the plans were off and that she would be spending the evening with him. Uh, but she didn't really think anything of it. You know, it's like, okay, my sister bailed on me. And that was that the next day, no one had heard from Erica, but it didn't really raise any red flags based on Snapchat. They knew where she was and what time that she was with Larry. They knew what club and they just figured it was probably a late night for her. And I feel like it would be the same. Nothing about that seems suspicious or sketchy. Like if I saw, not that I have Snapchat, but if I did and that you were on it and you were posting that you're out at a club, it doesn't really seem weird if you didn't come home. Yeah. Why would you think like anything sinister was going to happen? So based on her posts, the night of Valentine's day, 2015, Erica went to a nightclub called the Sutra lounge in Costa Mesa, which is actually no longer around. So no need to Google that with her ex-boyfriend, Larry. And it seems like it was initially only them two that went out together. Although friends and acquaintances did say that they saw her there that night, but it was only them two that came to the club together on the following Monday, Erica's work called the Alonzo house. She had recently started a job at the local Victoria's secret and she was a no show, no call. Oh no. So Valentine's Day was Saturday. She hadn't come home for two days. You know, in hindsight, I think there's many weekends I probably didn't come home. So sorry, mom and dad. But I did always make it to work. Yeah, I feel like in a lot of these cases, you know, at first people write it off as like, okay, maybe they're just staying at a friend's house or something. But the moment they don't show for work, it's just red flags. Definitely. Her family then called the Orange County Sheriff's Department. And they luckily were on top of it pretty quickly. So, so many times I feel like girls her age get given the, she probably wanted to leave or she took off on her own, but this time it seemed like they actually knew better. They told her parents that they would start tracking her movements immediately. They obviously started with the last person that saw her, Larry. Larry's statement was basically that he and Erica had a great time at Sutra. They were partying, dancing, and drinking. At some point in the night, they met another couple, a man and a woman who Erica befriended. And her family confirms that this was very much in her behavior. She would make friends with anyone that crossed her path. After the club, around 1.30, they went back to Larry's house in Irvine, which was about 15 minutes away. Larry and Erica ended up getting a ride from the couple that they had just met as they had Ubered to the club originally. They all ended up hanging out, drinking, listening to music. And at around 3.45, Larry says that him and Erica got into an argument. The second couple reportedly left around that time, probably because it was really uncomfortable watching a couple you just met get into a fight. Could you imagine? No. How awkward would that be? Definitely awkward. Larry then told investigators that's when Erica stormed off and drove away alone in her white 2014 Honda Civic. And he never heard from her again. Uh, sure she did. Obviously by now it does seem like something's wrong. Her family begged the public to send in tips, offered a reward, trying to bring attention to her case. 
A few days passed with silence before investigators were able to get a hold of the footage of the nightclub. Their motive was trying to find the mystery couple because they felt like they could have some answers. Her behavior at the club was normal based on witnesses and the footage, but where everything went awry was at Larry's. So this couple could be the key to answering where it all went wrong. I'm so scared you're about to say there was no mystery couple. (laughs) I also want to know what the 4 a.m. fight was about because what would make you storm out? Obviously, after a lot of drinking, that angry to get in your car and leave. Yeah, I don't know. If I'm going anywhere at 4 a.m. mad, it's bad. (laughs) Or Taco Bell, but yes. (laughs) Anyhow, the sheriff's department actually got a call on February 20th. So about one week later, and it was the mystery couple. Oh, okay. So they existed. They actually saw themselves on the news about the case and came forward. Could you imagine if you saw your picture on the news saying that you were like the last person to see someone alive that you just met that night. I would feel like I was living in the twilight zone and I would be absolutely mortified. I would poop myself. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, that's like, add that to the list of fears. Like yeah. you just met this person and now they're gone. And it's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, That does not look good at all. It does not. They actually have the same story as Larry, though, that they met that night, hung out at Larry's house. And when Erica and Larry got into a fight, they left. They couldn't give any information about the fight, though, which is odd. Because, I mean, I don't know about you if I hear two people fighting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm listening. (laughs) If I swear when I hear my neighbors argue, I turn off every TV in the apartment (laughs) and try to open every window so I can hear exactly what they're talking about. Um, but they did say that when they left, Erica was still in the house. So they never actually saw her leave. Okay. At this point, Larry's still very cooperative. Um, the couple answered their questions and it seemed to have been left at that. However, the family wasn't okay with that just being the final answer. Family ends up telling a whole other side of Erica's relationship with Larry. Her sister knew something bad had happened when she was told Larry was the last person to see Erica alive. If it was anyone else, she would have been hopeful that her sister was okay. But since it was him, they automatically knew something was wrong. So a little backstory, Larry was 20 years older than Erica and they had met two years earlier. Their relationship was really rocky the entire time. There were signs that the relationship was physically abusive, but Erica tried to force everyone in her family to like him and hang out with him. And they all sort of just put up with him because they loved Erica, but they got a bad vibe. That's really sad. Uh, Remind me how old Erica was again? 27. Okay. So 27 and 47. 47. There was actually a restraining order against Erica a few months prior to Valentine's day. I do want to mention that that was later dropped but that was the most recent call in the months leading up. The, the police were familiar with them. Yeah. In recent months, um, the police were called on him and her, but Erica never reported anything against him. And so there was never anything documented. She didn't want Larry to lose custody of his daughter that he had from a previous relationship by charging him with anything. I mean, Erica sounds like a nice person for that. And we always see this type of thing. Yeah. Charges aren't, you know and then uh, bad things happen. The next lead wasn't until March 25th when a call came in about an abandoned vehicle in Aliso Viejo, which is about 20 minutes from where she was last seen. 
the caller had mentioned that the car was actually there for weeks, but eventually the resident who had a gut feeling something was off when she saw a purse and other belongings in the car decided to finally call the police and report the car. That's eerie. When the police showed up, the car was covered in dirt and dust and actually had two parking tickets, which, hello, if she's reported missing and the car is registered to her. Yeah. Why are we giving the car tickets without like? I don't know. I mean, wait, a parking ticket. So was that just like street parking or like police do that? I mean, I don't know how this all works. I mean. I'm assuming it was just like street parking. They probably don't even like look up at like. Oh, do they not? I would assume not. But like you would think that maybe after the second one, you might call it in. Well, also, if the car's reported missing and she's missing and it's on the news that her and the car are missing. Yeah. Kind of like a be on the lookout would. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Okay. I don't know how it all works. So in this case, she was actually a mile from her home, literal blocks away. Oh, my gosh. The car didn't seem in disarray. So the car being there didn't really help much, especially since her purse was inside. And it seems like everything was left behind except her phone. And her phone has never been found. And they, I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself probably, but they tracked the phone um i think the phone died at the club okay so i don't think like as far as i'm aware the like even if the phone was found it would be useless because i don't think it was alive long enough to track any movements outside of the snapchatting at the club yeah that makes sense okay more than two months later on april 28th a family member called denora erica's sister saying she was on her way to work when she saw activity on a highway that she thought was an indication that a body was found this is before the police contacted anyone but going off a hunch she thought it was possibly erica because there was a white van and we all know that's a coroner's van yeah So it turns out on the night of April 27th, a night before the sister saw this van, a group of researchers found what they believed was a body, but it was nighttime. So they waited until the next morning to investigate. In the end, they were able to use fingerprints to confirm it was in fact Erica. That's really sad. Um, This was like, what, two months now after she? Yes. Wow. Okay. So, okay. Remember her car was literal blocks from where she lived right her body was found in a very remote area on the edge of the cleveland national forest and that's over 20 miles from where her car was okay yeah so that makes zero sense how did she how did she even end up there and especially if she was thought to have taken her car right um, because they say her body was in the forest for so long, they couldn't find a cause of death. The coroner's report contradicted what the sheriff's office said, though. The sheriff's office said that there was no obvious signs that would have caused her to die. The autopsy showed bruising and a bruise on her head that was about five inches long and bruising on other parts of her body. It sounds like some type of blunt force trauma or something to her body. Oh, no, like it's, there's more. So sheriff's office said no obvious signs, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Her body was found in the fetal position, wrapped in plastic bags and duct tape. Okay. (laughs) So like, 
I can understand dismissing bruising. Maybe, you know, she's out there a long time, maybe animals, she could have fallen, but bags and duct tape aren't just around in nature. Yeah. Like you don't just put yourself in a bag with duct tape and end up in the national forest. Right. At this point, they won't call it a homicide because the coroner can't say that this was in fact her cause of death. The next step would be toxicology. But as we know that, sort of takes a while to get results yeah i want to add since the disappearance larry has pretty much been mia not a call not an offer to help and he didn't show up to her funeral he did help initially answer questions but after that it was radio silence oh larry oh larry (laughs) not looking good for larry well i mean if they go on the news and they're over the top crying we're like oh suspect and then if they're like silent we're like ah suspect I mean, yeah, they are heavily judged by their emotions. So I get it. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. But also, Larry, you were the last one to see her alive. Larry, yeah. So fast forward a few months. And now in July, the toxicology results are back. Um, This part's going to shake you. Her cause of death cannot be labeled a homicide. She had a blood alcohol content of 0.22, so three times the legal limit. But she also had a lethal amount of GHB in her system. So date rape drug. Okay. But because GHB can be taken recreationally, the authorities lean into that. That she purposely took it herself. Well, her family did say that she had experimented with other drugs in the past, but they don't think she would ever take that willingly and especially that in drink. Yeah, I don't feel like that's a drug of choice people pick for like to use just to experiment with. No. And also because GHB acts on the faster end, there's no way she could ingest that lethal of amount of an amount at the club and be able to function that if anything, perhaps in the window of time, she was at Larry's house, but again, she would have to drive and then also walk 20 miles and then wrap herself in plastic and duct tape. Yeah. That does not sound possible at all. If you had three times the legal limit of alcohol. And then on top of that, a lethal dose of GHB, there's no way you're walking 20 miles. You're going to no. you're going to be so far gone asleep unconscious like there's no way right it makes you pass out quickly there would be there would have to be at least somebody involved in disposing of her body yeah so she wouldn't be able to like wake up and fight was there any um defensive wounds no just the bruising that she had on parts of her body and then the cut on her head and yeah it seems like that was done to a person who didn't have the opportunity to even fight back Right. In the end, her cause of death is overdose. And because they can't confirm how the GHB got in her system, it can't be homicide. It just seems like loopholes on loopholes. And to this day, her phone was never found. Her family said police requested the records, but nothing came of it. But again, that's probably because her phone was dead at the club. So it's not going to lead to anything. The family to this day believes that the only answer is someone drove her to this area perhaps she overdosed and the person freaked out and disposed of her her family also thinks larry knows more than what he leads on 
there's obviously a lot of holes in this entire story and timeline and her family till this day pleads for someone to come forward with answers. And they have actually since lobbied for Erica's law, which allows for charges to be filed for the concealment of an accidental death up to one year after a suspect is identified. So that kind of gives at least a little bit of hope. If someone does get caught, there is still like a timeline where they can get in trouble. Yeah. I was going to say, cause like both could be true. She could have in fact died via an overdose but also like she didn't end up there by herself. So what happened? And I want to add that this law extends the statute of limitations to four years after the dumping of a body. So in Erica's case, it is too late, but it hopefully can't be too late for somebody else. Yeah. Anyone with information is asked to call the Orange County Sheriff's Department at 714-647-7055. And that's the case of Erica Alonzo. It's just so sad that to have everything laid out, in my opinion, it's obvious that someone else had to have been involved, but not know who. Yeah, it sounds like the police just wanted to have like an open and shut case. Mm -hmm. It's like, clearly, this is very suspicious circumstances, but like, there's no way explain how she ended up wrapped in plastic and 20 miles from her car in the national forest. Like people don't just do that. Yeah. It just doesn't add up. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't, I've, I don't know of any people that have recreationally wanted to dabble in the date rape drug. Uh, Yeah. Because like, what would that effect even give you? Just, it would just be like knocking you out. Right. I couldn't tell you, but um, I definitely don't think somebody would want to take it at 4am and then get in a car and drive. No, I don't even feel like they'd get very far in the car. I feel like they they wouldn't crash. And is this case considered closed now? Uh, Yeah, it looks like it's closed. Her family obviously thinks that people could be caught later on, but I just feel like it's, unless someone really came forward with hard evidence, it's kind of closed. Yeah, that's heartbreaking. So it almost looks like, she drove herself there and then I don't know, maybe got out of her car and something happened. Yeah. Which would be like very unfortunate circumstances. Yeah. Not unheard of, but like very rare and scary. Definitely. Well, thank you for bringing us this Valentine's day case and getting the word out there. If you have any cases you would like us to cover Go ahead and send us an email at the psychosis podcast at gmail.com or just send us some like fun fan mail. Talk to us, do whatever you'd like. You can also follow us on Instagram at psychosis underscore podcast and go ahead and take a listen to our other podcasts that we have uploaded. You can find podcasts, podcasts. What is it called? oh no podcasts i said it so confidently too you did come come listen to our other podcasts go ahead and take a listen to our other podcast that we have uploaded you can find us on spotify or apple music if that works better for you until next time 
Bye. Bye.